Hey, everybody. On today's Locked on Bama, we're going to talk a lot about recruiting. We're going to talk about quarterback recruiting, and we're going to talk about recruiting offensive linemen from Finland. That's not something we're going to do every day, but we're going to do that today on Locked on Bama, so stick with us. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Awesome. Awesome. It's the start of a new week, and it's a full week of football spring practice. So fired up. And a lot to be fired up about. It's getting warmer. Uh, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee right at this moment. I went to Lexington, Kentucky to get my cheerings, and then I'm going to Atlanta. Then I'm going to Las Vegas. I feel like I'm playing an entire SEC schedule in about 24 hours. Boy, where is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> that is uh, that is kind of my thing. Um, anywho, Jimmy, I think we start today because the quarterback recruiting. Look, we talked about Arch Manning on a podcast a couple of days ago, a few days ago even, and um, you know Arch Manning's the thing, right? I mean, he's the he's the Cool Ranch Doritos of this year's uh, quarterback class. I mean, everybody loves him, everybody thinks it's the best, and it's all about which is second best. Um, but you know, I've begun hearing, is it, I've begun hearing, I think that's right. I've begun hearing that Eli Holstein out of uh, Louisiana is way up on Alabama's board and Alabama could view him uh, in the same light as Arch Manning, which is weird. They're first of all, they're both from Louisiana. They're both playing football in Louisiana. And I doubt either one of them ends up at LSU at this point. Holstein, of course, just decommitted from Texas A&M not too long ago. And um, so I need you to explain all this to me. <laughs> well, Dawn 3, uh, Joseph Hastings, who covers recruiting for, for, for Alabama and the On 3 site, he, he believes uh, that's what will happen in terms of like, you know, if you, you know, from reading his, his comments on the board, uh, you know, it, it just, I think the right word to use is trending, which doesn't mean anything is certain. But think about this, guys. He Holstein is making his second visit in three weeks to Alabama. Okay, his second visit in three weeks, uh, and he's got it. He's not local. He, you know, it's it's not easy for him to get there. So, if he's coming to Tuscaloosa two times in three weeks, he's clearly very serious about Alabama. Now, how serious is Alabama about him? Very. I mean, because. Uh, these visit weekends, it's not like it's hundreds of kids. I mean, it's sort of, it's unofficial visits, but it's also invite, you know, uh, Al- Alabama wants to spend time with this kid. Um, Holstein is also, I mean, just watch the tape. He's, he's outstanding. I mean, this is a big time kid. I, I'll be, to be completely honest, this is literally what happened. He, he committed to A&M really early and Jimbo Fisher is an outstanding evaluator of quarterbacks. He, he's been known uh, for that for years. So, so myself as somebody, a fan of recruiting, when I heard that a quarterback from Louisiana committed to Jimbo Fisher that early, I mean, I, I ran to the tape because I of course had never heard of the kid. He's from out of state. He was really young. He was in the 10th grade. And, uh, I ran to the tape, uh, first chance I got. And when I watched Eli Holstein's tape, my first thought was, was like Alabama better sign Arch. I mean, they better sign Arch because this kid is really good. 
And, and I personally think, even though I'm a bigger fan of Arch, and if it was up to me, and I have my choice between the two, I'd take Arch. I'd take Arch 100 out of 100 times. But but that's me. I think any coach that watches the tape between those two, if 10 coaches watch Arch's tape and Holstein's tape, it's going to be a 5-5 split as to which one's the better prospect. I mean, that that's how good Holstein is. And it might even be more than 5-5. It might be 6-4 in favor of Holstein. He's a, he's a bigger, stronger kid. He's also even more athletic. Uh, he checks every single box, and he's a winner. So it could be that Holstein is rated just as high or higher by the Alabama staff. That, that, that shouldn't shock anyone. Mute. Hey, you're on mute. You're on mute. Yep, I was muted. Okay. I'm not editing that. <laughs> part of it. Um, I have to be quiet in the background so that I don't interrupt Jimmy. Right. Um, sorry about that. Thank you for announcing it to the world that I had screwed that up. <laughs> well, um, it, it was sort of the only way to do it. That, that was. There was nothing else you could do. You had done all. Everything you could do, you did. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So they're both in Louisiana. Do they happen to play each other? No. I think uh, uh, Holstein is in a a, a, a larger uh, okay. classification. Holstein is also north of Baton Rouge. Uh, he's okay. in a town called Zachary, and and I guess Zachary is a suburb of Baton Rouge, but uh, it's it's about thirty miles away, and it's north. So like between Baton Rouge and Monroe, Louisiana, I guess you'd say, but or heading towards Monroe from Baton Rouge. Uh, whereas uh, Arch is not only in New Orleans; he's in the the heart of New Orleans. I'm sure most of our listeners have been to New Orleans. Arch uh, lives in uh the garden district in new orleans and oh, wow. uh his high school his high school is is right there so it, it's very close to tulane both uh the high school and where arch lives so uh that's uh you know so that's pretty good haul up to, to get north of baton rouge from there jimmy when it comes to eli holstein's hometown i know zachary where that is <laughs> nice. That's an old, that's that's an old doctor joke about a guy looking at it. At uh, this woman was like, "Doctor, I, I can't ever get a date." You know what it could be the problem is. He kept looking at her face and her backside, her face and her backside. And he said, "Zachary, Zachary, Zachary." And she said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Your face looks Zachary like your butt." <laughs> you ever heard that joke? <laughs> no, but I'm sure the kids loved it. Yeah, the kids probably loved it. They've heard a lot worse. Than <laughs> Uh, <laughs> look, I'm going for podcast awards, not father of the year. Okay. Um, look, all right, Jimmy, this episode is brought to you by stat hero. Uh, love me some stat hero. It's a lot of fun. If your bracket is shot all the hell like mine is, and, um, you, you still want to have fun with NCAA tournament, you can go to stat hero. They've got NCAA single game pickums that pit the star players against each other. An amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling, take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players, you know, best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why is that? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. This is what da Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for that free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on 
100% deposit match. You put in 100 bucks, you get to play with 200. It's that simple. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on, as I've said now multiple times. You should know what I'm saying at this point. Uh, Jimmy, I also want to thank all you guys for making us your first listen when it comes to Alabama Podcast. We have now gone over, I think it's 506 subscribers on YouTube. Excellent. Look, I mean, if when it comes to, you know, dudes who, you know, talk about fashion or Oscars and stuff, they got millions of subscribers. We're not even going for that. We want a modest 27,500 subscriber base. That's what we want. That's modest. And I think we can get there with your help. I, I, I feel like I'm being a little Sally Struthers here. You know, 506 is a lot, but we need more and we need you to help. Um. So, yeah, if y'all could hit that subscribe button, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, Jimmy, okay, so that's quarterback recruiting, which is very cool. By the way, uh, I'll throw out uh, a bone to own three. You just put up a list of the top. You're going to rank the top running backs of the Saban era, and I might do that in the last right. segment. I want you to talk about, uh, and boy, correct me if I'm wrong here. I have come across some names that I have trouble pronouncing from time to time. I work for the HSA Radio Network. I have to call state championship games. And I've seen some very interesting ones in my time. But this is an offensive lineman from Finland, and his name <laughs> is spelled O-L-A-U-S. I would assume that's Olas. 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 Ah, like, uh, Olas. And yeah, I, I think hold up, hold it. To, uh, I want to get the last name. I want to see if I get the last name. A-L-I-N-E-N. A-L-I-N-E-N. A-A-I-Alinen? Allen, I, I, I've been saying Allenin. Okay, Allenin. But I, I, to be honest, I, I don't talk. I'll have to ask Joseph, uh, who has interviewed the kid a couple times, and I, I, I'm sure Joseph asked, you know, hey, I'm, I'm pronouncing your name right. <laughs> I, I guess. So I, I'll ask Joseph. That's a great question. But I think it's Olas Allenin is, is what yeah. I've been saying. And, and he, it's very, uh, I don't want to use the word likely yet, but uh, I would say Alabama's the favorite uh, at this point, even though so many, a lot of schools are recruiting him. Based on where he's ranked, uh, man, a lot of schools recruit that guy. I would think his ranking is very likely to to go up because his offer list and, and schools interested in him is is outstanding. I mean, he, you know, he he he's a really interesting, good prospect. Uh, I understand on the hoof, he doesn't look like a kid that's going to be really athletic but you know we don't recruit eastern europe a lot so <laughs> it's tough to get there right now i mean it's, it's, it's a tough business right now i mean not to it's make a it a, a light of it but i mean it's it's not like you're, <laughs> hey uh we got you we got a prospect he better be a five star if you're going over there right this minute um and my, <laughs> my, my finish is a little rusty so i wasn't sure exactly how to uh how to pronounce that last name but yeah, I, the picture of, of with him and Saban. Okay, mm -hmm. if you want to if you want to pick nits here, you look at that picture and go, I see a lot to work with. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm you know what? I may use that picture for the what do you call the the print the beginning of this podcast or whatever. You know, I always have to come up with a picture because um, you don't help at all in that aspect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I do not. No, but uh, the picture, it makes it look like he has a lot of room to grow. I mean, frankly, and I think this is more of a of a Dutch thing. Like, he looks so young. I mean, he's huge. Yeah. He's monstrous. 
but he looks really, really young. And so I guess the, and, and his shoulders don't look incredibly broad. Um, what I'm saying is, you know, when I saw Evan Neal's picture, I was like, or Tyler Booker, Ty, Tyler Booker, or Ashawn Robinson, I thought, boy, I hope that that man has a grandson that we can recruit. Oh, wait a minute. He's only 17. <laughs> you know, this kid looks like he's 13 and a half, but just in a, in a giant man's body. Um, right. But so I guess in a way that's positive because there's a lot of room for improvement here and Saban already loves him. So I think there's a couple of positives. Yeah, we've recruited him from the very start. He's been playing high school football in America and he still he goes to high school in America, one of the uh, private elite private schools in Connecticut. Um, but here's here's where I started turning on him in terms of of being excited about Olas is, uh, you know, you think here's a kid that grew up in Finland. And, and, and your assumption is, okay, he comes to America as an exchange student or his family has a lot of money. So they send him to America to, to get his education. Uh, and, and once he gets here, he, he sees American football for the first time and the coaches want him to play because he's so big. Uh, and, and you make that assumption. Well, that's not even close to true with him. In fact, he grew up uh, obsessed with American football in Europe. Uh, and watching it and was immersed in it because his dad played in NFL Europe. The old, uh, when, oh, when wow. the NFL tried, when the NFL tried uh, European football for a while. And, and, and it was, you know, somewhat interesting. A lot of former and future actual NFL players played in NFL Europe, including Saran Stacy, who's still in the record books uh, in NFL Europe for the yards rushing. He had playing for the Scotland team, but Olas's dad was a lineman. Uh, for for one of the teams in NFL Europe, uh, so so he sort of has a football background, uh, unlike uh, what most would assume. So that made him real interesting to me. And then you look at his offer list, and you're like, hey, Alabama's not really going out on a limb here. Uh, basically, all the power programs in the country are recruiting this kid. Do you think that Joseph Hastings? That's his name. The guy, new guy with on three, right? Joseph Hastings. Right? That's right. Yeah, Joseph Hastings, yeah. A great question would have been, Olas, how weird was it to put on a helmet without two horns sticking out of the sides? <laughs> That's good. Been awesome. I'll, I'll mention that to Joseph. I'll steal that. Um, okay. Let's talk about Built Bar really quickly, Jimmy. Love me some Built Bar. These things are delicious. I got my... Uh, my oldest son in here too, and and he's had built bars. He loves them. He's gotten them from Lifetime Fitness. They've hit the big time. We want to think at least partially due to the fact that they advertise with us. Uh, these things are fantastic. They taste awesome. They're always covered in chocolate. The puffs are really, really good. It's protein infused marshmallow that are also covered in chocolate. They've got an incredible lineup of flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all this stuff. They're all so good. You can go to built.com and check out their chart, their health chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb, all the good stuff there at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off that order. Built.com. Use promo code uh, LOCK15 to get 15% off that order at built.com. You'll love these things. Go check them out. Okay, Jimmy, for this last segment, um, and because I'm running a little short on time, we're gonna sure. we're gonna talk about your list of top running backs of the Saban era. And this is a very interesting list. And thank God Nick Saban has hung around now long enough to us for us to have 
a true list of things like this, like best quarterback, best. He, he's you can't just be there for five or six years, which is what everybody thought was going to happen when Saban first came to Alabama, and have a real list. You need to be there like ten to fifteen, twenty years, and Saban's creeping up on twenty, and that's that's wonderful news. But uh, these are your top twelve, and here's what I want you to do: don't explain your reasoning. I'm going to give you the number that you have them listed, and then you tell me the favorite memory from that running back. And if mine differs from you, I'll give you mine. But uh, number 12, you have Bo Scarborough. Well, uh, what immediately comes to mind really is a play he didn't make, and and that's just simply because I I think people forget it. It was a brief part of his career, but but at at the end of his junior season, his last five or six games, he was fantastic. I mean, he, he was really good. He was developing into one of the best running backs in America. And we go into the Clemson game in 2016 and he's got a pretty good first half going and Alabama's got a lead and, and he breaks his leg. And I I know I sound like those Texas fans when I, when I say this, but it's just my honest football opinion. Uh, Had Bo not been hurt in that 2016 Clemson game, Alabama wins the national championship in part because Bo is so good. Uh, when he came back the following year off the broken leg, he was okay, but uh, we never again saw the Bo Scarborough that we saw up to the broken leg. So really to me, my memory is, uh, gosh, him breaking his leg at the absolute worst time uh, for himself and, and for the team. I think that's the easy answer. And it is a very, if Colt hadn't gotten hurt moment, except for the fact if memory serves when he, when he scored his, he scored two touchdowns in that game, if I remember right. And they were very early, and we were up 14 to nothing, right? And so it's not – but Texas didn't have a 14 nothing lead on us. They had a 3 nothing lead when Colt went out. So, yeah, it was – it's a lot different. And um, yeah. I think uh, I think a 14 nothing lead with a badass running back certainly would have made things a little bit different. Um, or, yep. you know, if, he, if he'd been able to stay in the game. Then you have number 11. I think some people might take exception to this. But, but it, I think to me it goes it, – it speaks to how many quality running backs we have. You have Kenyon Drake. Um, right. And so – and by the way, my memory on Scarborough is that run against Washington, which is one of the best runs you'll ever see. It just won't get the pub because it, Alabama sort of toyed around with Washington and we just beat the hell out of them in a sense. It was 24-6. to 6 And um, it was a fantastic uh, old-school SEC run by a big dude. I mean, it was – it was Bo Jackson S. That's that's the kind of highlight Bo Jackson has. Bo Scarborough's not as good as Bo Jackson. I'm not saying that, Auburn people. I'm saying that run was the kind of run Bo Jackson used to have. So um Kenyon Drake, you have at number eleven, Jimmy. Best memory. Yeah, some people are gonna have him higher because of what he's done in the NFL. Yeah. <clears throat> but I specifically state uh, as part of the uh, you know, what I use to determine the list is what you do in the NFL is irrelevant. It does not count. This is what they did at Alabama, and I'm really big on the production, on the numbers, because anyone can have an opinion that they like Roy Dell Williams as a running back more than they like uh, Mark Ingram. I mean, someone can have that opinion. It would be dumb, but someone could have that opinion. I, I, I really looked at the number, rushing yards, yards per carry, receiving yards, total yards from scrimmage. Uh, and I wouldn't say I ranked it exactly like it, but I – I used it as a big factor, and that's why Kenyon is back at 11. Amazingly, he did have very good production at Alabama, receiving and and, and uh, receiving especially, but but he never was the guy. Kenyon Drake was never running back one at Alabama. Uh, he was always part of a committee or the backup. 
Uh, he was just really good in those roles, was a good player at Alabama and a big part of the 2015 national championship team. Um, and, and I'm always going to remember, of course, the kick return uh, for the touchdown uh, against Clemson in 2015. Without it, uh, very likely Alabama doesn't win the national championship. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's that's the Kenyon Drake play. There, there was another play in there, and I want to say – the reason this one can't win is because I'm not 100% sure it was against Arkansas. I think it was where he broke free um, sort of late in the game. We had him beat and he just, he makes one cut to the right and then he just takes off like a rocket. I mean, when Drake got, got his speed going, it, it was over. I mean, and it was, it was so much fun to watch him and you hate thinking about he got hurt against Ole Miss and, and I guess that was 14 and then in 15, I think he fumbled the opening kickoff, which, you know, Ole Miss, we had five turnovers, they had none. They beat us that game, that, that particular game. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the only answer is the kickoff return against Clemson. I mean, there's no other way you can go with that. Number 10, you have Glenn Coffey. Uh, what's your memory there? Uh, just the fact that that uh, the 08 season is one of our most, you know, we've had such a slew of great backs since Glenn Coffey. He, he's the 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 oldest running back on this list, uh, and it's easy to forget, but he had a spectacular season in 08, which was the birth of the Saban era. He rushed for 1,300 yards that year. He was first-team All-SEC. He was an early-entry NFL guy. He could have come back and played another year. He's an early-entry guy and was a third-round pick, which means top 100 player in the NFL draft and, and played his rookie season before making the uh, – a uh, strange decision, frankly, to to leave the NFL and 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 enlist in the army, uh, uh, you know. But but Coffee, a great player that Saban didn't recruit. Only guy on the list Saban didn't recruit. He was a Mike Chulasani, and uh, and and really in his junior year developed into uh, an elite college back. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say the the run against Auburn in the slop in 2008 was pretty awesome but he also had an 80 yarder at arkansas which was which was really nice wow. in 2008 too so um really like some glenn coffee and he did go on to serve the country i mean you can't say uh anything bad about that then at number nine you got brian robinson and here's the thing i think if we were all like okay you can pick one back for a game we would pick scarborough drake or glenn coffee over brian robinson but you're giving him some longevity yeah. points i feel like well, I mean, it's the it's the production, right? I mean, I said I'm going to give a lot of credit to the and Brian Robinson's production after his career, and you add it all up is 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 way up there. As a matter of fact, it's higher than where he is on the list. So I did dock him a couple of spots on the list if it was just based on nothing but yards rushing. Brian would be higher, uh, but I do think some of the other guys are more gifted players, and uh, and that's why I have Brian where he is. Others would have him even lower. But look, hey, you know, when he was good, he was good. I don't know that Alabama makes it to the national championship game without Brian Robinson, who, who, who sort of not only had to carry the mantle alone when we thought it would be running back by committee this season, he not only had to do it, he earned it. He, he sort of became the running attack uh, at leading Alabama to an SEC championship uh, and a berth in the national championship game. So, Brian Robinson was a, a very accomplished uh, running back at Alabama. 
All right, that's going to do it for uh, this episode, Jimmy. We will be back tomorrow, I hope. I'm going to be in Vegas sort of uh, gallivanting around, but uh, hopefully we can hook up together and keep this thing going for the rest of the week. I, I don't think it'll be a problem. We'll find a way, even though I'm a couple hours difference from you starting this, this afternoon. But, uh, Jimmy, we'll talk to you soon, buddy, and roll tide. Roll tide and safe travels to the Robinson clan. Thank you, sir.